Blog Talk Radio. Now listening to the sound of the shofar blowing. The shofar is a ram's horn that is blown to inspire the people to do their thing. The shofar is also blown to coordinate a queen or a king. And today the shofar is being blown to call us all to to deeper intimacy, deeper intimacy with our families, friends, uh, and intimate relationships, and most of all with ourselves as well. Uh, much love to you all out there, family. This is Faux Show Holistic Health uh, on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Shofar, from Faux Show Energy Work. And today, uh, my guest is a sex expert. She's um, an intimacy coach, an author, a yoga teacher. She's the founder of O Yoga. I would suggest you ladies go out there and holler at her, especially if you're in, uh, I think, the L.A. area. Um, it's guaranteed that you get an O. And I ain't talking about a zero or nothing either, so... You want to check her out? Uh, I saw her first on uh, Mind Valley Academy, and the talk was about sexual healing. She shared her story, and it was really touching because um, as she went into it and it gave, you know, went into her story and then talked about her purpose, about why she's doing what she's doing. I knew I had to reach out to her. So, without further further ado, I want to introduce to the family here today, Psalm Isadora. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Thank you, first off, Song, for being on the show. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. I know the work that you're doing, and it's having a big impact on people. So thanks for being on here. Oh, yeah. No, thank you for having me. Cool, cool. Well, you know, first off, um, I'm going to put in the link, um, you know, how you all can get uh, Song's information, the backstory. I'm going to put the short version uh, of the video, and then you can go and find the, the bigger version if you all want. But I'd like to just go ahead and jump into Dane Song since we only have a short amount of time. Um, as far as, like, intimacy, that's what the show is going to be about today. What is your personal definition of intimacy, and what does it mean to you? To me, intimacy is something I think a lot deeper than than most people think. Like, when we say intimacy, a lot of people think it's just something sexual, and intimacy to me is really um, uh, a lot more about empathy and vulnerability and being able to connect with other people on a deep level. And that, I think, starts with being able to connect with yourself and your whole self. And so if you don't have intimacy with yourself, then it's pretty much impossible to have intimacy with anyone else. Makes sense. Makes sense. So yeah. empathy and vulnerability, and that that for people, when you say that V word, that's like it's not, definitely not a four-letter word, but maybe it's even worse because it has more <laughs> letters. You know, I don't know because I've I've seen you know that word really trigger some things for people. Yeah, it definitely does, and I think that it's it's a difficult thing to do <laughs> uh, as mm. humans because we you know we put so many walls up to to how we're perceived, and especially when it comes to our sexuality. Um, There's been so much suppression and repression um, of, you know, of our sexuality. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people have questioned where a lot of those patterns or their beliefs around what 
their sex life should look like and maybe even what their relationships should look like. I understand. I, I definitely understand. Um, <laughs> well, well, here's one thing, Psalm, as far as, as far as that goes, now I know on your uh, the YouTube uh, video that you did with Mind Valley Academy that um, you said that you you were at this place in your life or whatever, um, you know, no spoilers or anything, but you were in this place <laughs> and you 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 through sex at that time, you know, you would have a sense of oneness and that you uh, would basically just go into this deep place sometimes uh, during sex and everything, and you told your therapist about that, you know, and then they promptly. Uh, you know, put you on lithium, you know, to, uh, you know, and it wasn't until you met your guru in India that you really, um, that you really kind of start putting the connection together about intimacy and, you know, and, and, and things like that. So my, my question on that is because uh, what you were just were saying is a lot of times these things are enforced or reinforced by society to kind of shy away mm-hmm. from to not be vulnerable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, what, what, well, yeah. what's your finding with working with so many couples and stuff? How do you help them through that? Well, I've worked with, uh, well, going back to my story you were saying for a minute, you know, I came from a background, and maybe some of your listeners can relate to this, but sure. I came from a little more extreme version of it, but I grew up on a Christian cult. And so there were really suppressive and repressive um, ideas about sexuality and especially women's sexuality. And, you know, in that environment where we as the women were taught, you know, cover your body um, or you'll make men sin. (laughs) Um, And and so there was this underlying message that anything that happened was your fault um, with that, you know, with your sexuality. And just just the nature of being very feminine, I think, has has a sexual sexual nature to it. Um, But in that environment, I ended up having sexual abuse. And then because of all that messaging that if something happens, it's your fault, I kept silent for a very long time and didn't talk to anybody um, about it. And so uh, when I was 17, I finally found the courage to leave, and I ran away from there. Um, But then I spent my 20s kind of just lost (laughs) and and lost, you know, using anything that I could find to, to numb that pain from the original trauma. And I finally hit a rock bottom and I was in an emergency room and I had a moment where I just realized that, you know, that I had to change and that I needed better tools and, and that, you know, if I didn't find them, then no one was going to come and save me. And so I found yoga and, and when I found yoga, it was the beginning for me of reclaiming my body and reclaiming, um, you know, that, that there was a connection to a greater energy than my own. And that was a, just such a beautiful experience after spending so long feeling kind of like isolated and cut off from my body. Um, and, and when I was doing the yoga classes, they were really amazing and they reconnected me to my body. But there was this missing piece because when I was doing yoga, I found that it was very sensual and it brought up a lot of that kind of sensuality, sexual energy, and I wasn't quite sure what to do with it still. And when I would go ask my teachers, you know, I felt like I was back kind of in, in the, you know, church where, where they'd look at me funny mm-hmm. and tell me, like, we don't know what you're talking about because I think it's such a taboo to talk about sexuality and how even something like in yoga classes, I think it opens up a lot of our sensuality, our body, and then we don't have the words to talk about it. And so I started searching and I found Tantra 
Um, and so I thought, ah, you know, here's something that will help to bridge my sexuality as something sacred and not as something that, you know, um, I need to be ashamed of or that no one talks about or that there's this taboo around, but actually is one of the most sacred things in the whole world. And so I got so fascinated by it and I felt that it was so much a part of my healing process that I went all the way to India to study it. And so I did that for nine years, going back and forth with my teacher to learn and then coming to the States and like practicing that with students here. And that became my, my human lab <laughs> was, was really like testing out what works, you know, from these ancient teachings um, and what works with people and how to kind of boil that down into something more modern that anybody can benefit from. And that's how I created, you know, the methods that I work with now. And you were asking, how do I work with, say, a couple or a married couple? And recently I had a couple that I worked with, and it was actually um, filmed for uh, CNN. Um, they're going to be doing an episode coming out in the fall where they covered my work around this. And when, yeah, and they said, well, we'd love to see you work with a sexless couple. And so um, we, you know, had, had these brave volunteers <laughs> come forward <clears throat> Um, there's a lot of people in sexless marriages or, or, you know, where sex is really an issue in their marriage. But, again, it's hard for them to go find help or know what to do. Or if they go to talk therapy, it doesn't get to that root of the issue of their, of their real, like, sexual energy and um, embodiment. And so when the two of them came to see me, the first thing I did was ask them to regress back to what I call your sex root. And, okay. you know, where you grew up and the family you grew up in, what was the attitude around sex? Like, for you, what, what was your family's attitude around sex? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And, and what we Very found good. was he'd grown up with a lot of shame around sexuality. And mm-hmm. so he hadn't ever really um, been able to free himself of that. So he said every woman he'd ever been with before, he hadn't really been in love with. And he felt guilty when he would have sex. So he'd have sex very quickly and not really connect. And now he was married to his wife and he loved her. And it was the first woman he loved, but then he had a hard time sexualizing her. So he, you know, he said, well, you know, I had sex with a woman I didn't love and had all that shame around it. And now I love this woman and, you know, want to be with her, but he couldn't kind of break through that thing in his own mind. And then on her end, when he didn't want to have sex with her, she started to feel unattractive. And felt like, you know, it was her and her body and her issues. And so she really, um, you know, she really had to come to that place. I had both of them look at their own issues and, and then realize that they kind of had been attracted to each other and magnetized each other for, for you know, like, I find this with couples a lot for all the right and wrong reasons. <laughs> you know? For so, all the right and wrong you know, reasons, nicely put. Yeah, you know, it's somebody who's going to really trigger and bring up a lot of your own, you know, old programming. And then we have these choice points, so either we can heal together or sometimes people, you know, grow apart. But the main thing is that they really understand who they are um, right. in that relationship. And so uh, he ended up, having a real breakthrough through understanding that. And then I taught them, you know, how to go home and do Tantra massage and reconnect through touch instead of maybe pointing a lot of fingers and blaming each other um, about what they didn't like about each other. I said, you know, just now let, let your language be touch. And I taught them my Tantra massage. And, 
Yeah, she said they went home and had amazing sex <laughs> and nice. had a huge breakthrough where now he can see her as also, you know, a sexual goddess as well as the woman that he loves. Um, and I think sometimes that's, that's one of the big issues you'll see in sexless marriages is just over time, either people grow apart because there's too many things they haven't said or there's an underlying issue where, you know, like people come from their own issues and problems, but then um, start to hold those emotions kind of inside and it grows and it grows. And so where you see a lack of sex in a sexless marriage is usually things that haven't been spoken about or broken through. Or they've wow. spoken about in talk therapy, but it's all just talk. Just talking. I, I love uh, Psalm, what you said there. Um, again, this is the book of Psalms. Um, I love what you said there <laughs> about uh, the language, um, you know, that, let your, go home and let your language be touched. Because um, one of the deep things I think about intimacy is that, you know, it's not a place for, like, you know, hope or belief or fantasies. Those are all well and good. Those are that's more in the mental realm, though, when we have beliefs and hopes and fantasies. Those are seeds. But uh, to me, uh, what I was getting from you is that, you know, intimacy is more about, like, um, it's, a, it's a felt thing in the body. Yeah, intimacy, I think, is, is having those moments. And I teach people one of my methods also, the touch method, is just to do a special kind of deep tantra yoga breath work together and breathing in and out at the same time. And when they do that, to just engage in a very light, feather-light touch, and they can take turns giving and receiving each other that kind of touch. And it doesn't even have to be sexual. It can be just giving and receiving touch. And that can be forming a new kind of a language, you know, between them instead of just pointing fingers. Like I said, people... Um, sometimes verbalize things from their mind, uh, but your body actually has the ability to tap into a much deeper form of intimacy if you give it a chance. Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's no no end to it. Um, the things that it's able to decode and, you know, and it, it gets to the place where all we have to do is think it. The, the body is, especially you women, because you're so receptive, so many nerve endings, it gets to the place where, you know, once that mind is out the way, because the mind is the gatekeeper. So once we get that mind out the way and, and the couple is in a state of trance, it's just, it's really how do you want to play with it? You know, uh, you, it can get so, she can get her satellites, her receptive mode can be so strong that all he has to do is think, is think it, and he doesn't even have to move his body at this point, and she picks up on it. So that's that's deep shit. That's, how, that's, that's, that's cool. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, one of the it's things Tantra, that I actually uh, say. Um, it's, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. It's all you. <laughs> oh, I was saying in Tantra, they actually say there's like a, a secret language in your bodies and especially around your sexual energy that that those that area of your body is talking to each other. So for a man, for a woman, the mm-hmm. sacred, you know, sexuality places in their body have their own language. So if you kind of become very still and very quiet. And like I said, uh, especially breathing together at the same time, learning to inhale at the same time and exhale at the same time will put you in the same uh, biorhythm and help you to really be more empathetic, feel what the other person's feeling, sync your energies, and, and that they have their own language once we kind of learn to slow down and breathe deep and listen. The biorhythm, I love it. Uh, that was that was your acronym. I saw uh, ki- uh, kiss. You know the kinetic intimacy, uh, slow down and sensuality. 
Um, mm-hmm. One of one of the thing I wanted to talk to you about, Psalm. I mean, there's so many places we could veer off on and everything. Uh, but one de- another deep thing that you said that I wanted you to elaborate for the family out there um, is uh, you said that normally in our society, and I think if people just take the time to reflect on what you're saying here, they probably will find it to be true. But the sex has been made kind of like a, into a distraction from our own godliness. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a yeah. little bit on that? Yeah. Well, I think that, again, that's because of all the taboos and our discomfort around sexuality that we, we kind of say, you know, I am me, and then that's my sex drive, or your id, as Freud used to call it, right? <laughs> so we like to right, right, right. separate ourselves. And we say, and we've been taught for so long that what is godly is something um, separate from these sexual primal urges. But what mm-hmm. I learned when I went to India is that there's um, this duality of the sacred masculine and sacred feminine energies, and they're called Shiva and Shakti. And so the Shiva energy is the observer who's quiet and still and choiceless, kind of like how you would think of uh, meditation where you're just sitting in the cushion alone. And the Shakti energy is the energy that's feminine and it's creative and it's desire. So that energy is what keeps bringing us into creation, creates everything beautiful around us. So, you know, the flowers, the trees, everything is really born of that desire and a sort of erotic impulse, really. Like that it isn't just human, that the whole universe is sort of suffused with this erotic kind of energy to recreate, which is called Shakti or the feminine. And it's in both men and women's bodies as our sex drive. So really to be whole and complete is to realize that your sexuality is something sacred, just like your whole being is something sacred and the whole world is something sacred, and that we can't okay. disown that part of ourselves and, and, you know, and search for God everywhere else and then kind of have blinders on <laughs> when, we're, when we're having sex. I can see that, yeah, that. Somehow we, we, we've lost that connection to see, I, to me, you know, but, you know, and I know how it happens, but once we come back home, you know, what, a, I mean, that's heaven on earth right there, you know, when when two people, yeah. are, you know, yeah, that's, that's heaven on earth right there. Well, I would there. say, imagine your, your, you know, your soul was, you know, out there longing for a human body, and one of the most beautiful experiences mm. two souls could have would be, you know, that connection through touch and body and making love because we actually exchange that kind of spiritual energy during that time in a very deep way. Amen. Amen. Very good. <laughs> yes, very good. Like, yeah. Imagine, imagine if you could think that, that sex was a form of worship mm. and actually two bodies coming together as a form of praying. Mm-hmm. And in in the old Tantra, they actually called, you know, like a, for a woman, um, her sexuality was called her yoni, or the sacred cave, and for men, the lingam, or the wand of light. And so it's this idea that these areas of the body aren't anything to be ashamed of or to ignore when you're meditating, but actually to meditate on those energies and to meditate on how, um, how sacred that is, even when you're by yourself. So one of the biggest misconceptions you can do tantra when you have a partner you can also just first learn to connect into that energy for yourself and once you learn how to connect into that energy your own sexual energy being not just about having sex but about everything you do 
And that's called awakening of that Shakti Kundalini in your body. And so once you can do that, you can use that energy for anything that you want in your life. I've had, you know, students, I had a 53-year-old woman who's never had an orgasm. And she took my program and then she came over and she said, I had my first orgasm. And, um, and, and it was, it was uh, you know, it was amazing because she went home and then suddenly was able to move all these things in her life she hadn't been able to change before. Mm. So she was able to um, sell her house within a few days where she felt really trapped and afraid to move from. And she's now living just like such a more happy, she's dating, like all new possibilities open. Sorry to say it's not, it's not just about that orgasm, even though that's great. Orgasms are great. <laughs> but they're just, they're, I use them as like just a um, big blast of energy, positive energy that can be used for neural reprogramming to help bring you into a more higher and positive state. Exactly, Sam. I mean, what you're doing with the work is you're, instead of those same neural pathways and dendrites and stuff firing up, you're allowing them to go up another another whole branch or another river or meridian that normally it doesn't go up. And with that comes a whole new understanding, a whole new way of looking at things. Like, oh, shit, I don't, I don't got to keep doing it this way. I don't got to stay in this relationship. I don't have to, you know, I, I can start my business, you know, whatever it is. So it, mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've said that with this work sometimes, Sam, so that, you know, I want to have a talk with neuroscientists because I feel like instead of it being called the, uh, the um, nervous system, which – subconsciously is programming us or superconsciously is uh, uh, programming us to be nervous, it should be called the awareness system uh, because ah, with, like this, yeah, with this, our awareness, our awareness expands. Um, wow. Well, beautiful, well, I, would, I, would, I would say I would like, yeah, I'd love to like ask a question of everyone listening to this that they ask yes. themselves, you know, what kind of attitudes did they grow up with around sexuality and their families, they grow up with very open ideas. Sometimes people grow up with a little too open, and then they have to work on finding boundaries. Or did they grow up with a lot of suppressive ideas? And how, you know, that being the root of that sexual energy, and how did that affect um, all the relationships you're in now? Very cool. Yes, our family, listen to what Psalm just said. Sit with it sometime, you know. You know, th- you know take that into a, a state of trance, trance, nothing more than, you know, some deep breath and, Go into it and really hear hear and feel what she just said on that one. Um, there's some some keys uh, for the key some keys there. Um, as we we're under the 10 minute mark here, so I I wanted to I have so much stuff. It's always this case I have so much stuff written down. One thing I would like to get into real quick though is just the false belief systems around intimacy. We touched briefly on you know, the intimacy or vulnerability makes us weak. Another one is that you know sharing our problems burdens others. But here's one that I, I would love to real quick get your, your take on, and it's probably almost impossible to be real quick about it, but um, the false belief that intimacy is somehow uh, uh, against or versus um, freedom. Oh, you mean you, being intimate with somebody both. or being in a relationship? Yes, in a relationship that, you know, about it, if we – if we really deeply connect, I know for a lot of guys they say that, you know, and I believe it happens for women too, but definitely with uh, guys that, you know, oh, if I'm really deep and intimate and connect, then now I've lost my freedom, you know, and this is this is something that I think impairs a lot of relationships, especially to go deeper. Yeah, I, I think that there's, 
you know, we have to first learn how to find that sense of freedom in yourself, right? And that's where, again, with Tantra, you can really learn how to own your sexuality um, as your, your own first. And isn't that just having sex with another person? And once you can own that in yourself and have that inner union, then, you know, when you have sex with somebody else, you'll know yourself better and you won't feel so threatened that the intimacy with them means that you'll lose you know, your sense of freedom. Mm, very nice. So, yeah, I think I think it's really like, you know, it takes a little bit of deep work for people, but uh, I, I think that beginning to see that that other person can also begin to allow you a different kind of freedom. Like if, if it's a good relationship, a healthy relationship, that mirror of that relationship can give you a different kind of freedom than maybe being so afraid of losing that independence that you can't break out <laughs> of, your, of your usual uh, MO <laughs> to really uh, connect nice. more deeply and to connect with that kind of, like, vulnerability. MO, is that more orgasm? What does that stand for, MO? More orgasm. More <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> you but you could, you could definitely. Oh, oh. <laughs> more MO could be more orgasm. Yeah, that's that's the that's the MO I like in my life. That's 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 my MO, more orgasms, but <laughs> very good. Yeah, so, and, and now, I like that you were very succinct with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that something that you find um, a lot of people that you meet, or men especially, having a hard time with intimacy because they're afraid to lose their freedom? Yes, yes. I mean, that's been that was my journey when I first you know was introduced to tantra. Uh, back in 2002, and then, you know, the the journey that I was on, that was one of my biggest challenges for me being able to go deeper into into tantric energy, I feel, is because, you know, this whole, the ego, you know, and the freedom, the freedom thing and everything, and so the the, the fear of intimacy. So, um, yeah, I, I wasn't able to articulate that at the time. I didn't know that's what was going on, but I feel like that was a major thing for, for me not really, quote, unquote, getting it, you know. Mm-hmm. So you you sat there in a tantra class being did you, did you get stuck in your head because that's what a lot of people do is then they get stuck oh, in their head. Stu- oh, uh, and like it, it judging was, themselves, like my brain was made person. of made of quicksand. Yeah, it was like my brain was made of quicksand. You know, with some concrete around it in both feet with an anchor tie. I mean, I was stuck for real, for real, like in a, in a spider web all at the same time. Um, uh, that's kind of where uh, I was a very left. You know, at the time a very left brain. You know, just kind of. Um, way of looking at things, you know, and uh, so that that was my journey. One of the first um, exercises I was given was, uh, as far as Qigong, uh, from the first master that I met, was uh, spleen. And in Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. we teach, we're taught that the spleen and pancreas um, is overthinking or being pensive or anxiety, worry, uh, nervousness. So I was given those exercises. Like you, you need to do a lot of that. Just do that and call me back in about a couple six months or whatever. <laughs> to, you know, check back in. So I mm-hmm. did it, but um, but yeah, that was my journey. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. I mean, you can think of tantra to me as like it definitely a, a ha- incorporates pieces that are similar to qigong, but specific to um, tapping into the sexual energy and using that as your life force. And using that as that energy that, again, is sacred, that connects you to, you know, source as well as to another person on that deeper level. And I would say, like, if, you know, if regular sex is like flying in coach, then Tantra is like, you know, going to, going to first class. Um, and really 
bringing bringing your life into you know I would say like from black and white into technicolor like this energy once you light it up inside yourself can make anything possible um, especially like intimacy relationships but not just that again creativity um, your ability to go out into the world and make money and to do all those other things that are so important because your sexual energy is directly related to your expression energy, expression through your body, but also expression through your voice. Amen. Amen. Well, we're under two minutes, you know, so mm-hmm. wow. Wow. Um, this is, again, family, the name of this uh, episode is uh, the Book of Psalms, Revelations and Intimacy, but this is Revelations and Genesis and uh, you know, uh, the, the Song of Solomon, all of it, all wrapped in one. Well, let me so, let me um, um, give you a quick little exercise, maybe like so, so that people can get a feeling for this. At least on the simplest level, is something I teach um, called like the touch method. So, which is the mm-hmm. touch method? You want to slow down and deepen your breath. So, I bring your fingers to your throat and take a deep inhale and narrowing the back of your throat so that there's a whispering sound like a long, slow, deep kind of whispering sound and exhale, letting it go. And long, slow, deep inhale. I'm really feeling that whispering sound, long, slow, deep inhale, and then exhale, long, slow, deep exhale. And now staying in that kind of more trance state, you'll notice that brings you into that slowed down kind of trance state. Just take your fingertips and feather light touch somewhere on your body and notice on your body where it's asking to be touched. And again, staying with that bliss breath, like long, slow, deep inhale, long, slow, deep exhale as you just touch lightly on your body with this feather light touch. And you can just start to feel just like tingling energy moving through your whole body. And since hot, cold, tingling energy. And so imagine if that feels that good just doing this for a moment. If, even if you're listening, I don't know if you're, some people will be listening in their car or <laughs> at their desk at work, but, you know, give it a try. Long, slow, deep inhale, making that whispering sound at the back of your throat. Sometimes they call it the sexy Darth Vader breath. <laughs> and no, nice. while you're doing that, while you're doing that, because it should be audible. Um, so make sure that it's loud enough that you can really hear it because that sound is part of waking in the five senses. And just touching, lightly, lightly touching on your body. And again, just feel that tingling. And take that as an exercise. You can do yourself every morning when you wake up, maybe for five minutes, just breathing that deep bliss breath and doing that light touch on your body. And then if you have somebody that you can give and receive that touch with, it's a very simple exercise. And one of the main things you could do is try and sink your breath. And when you sink your breath, that's a big tantric secret to again bring you in that same biorhythm. And connect on a deeper level. And also help you release more serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine. Hmm. But really, and even that touch starts yeah. to undo so much, so much of the kind of taboo we've been taught about our bodies. Hmm. Amen. Wow. And maybe you can speak to that as a man. Did you give it a try? I did. I did, and that's what powerful. Did you feel like? Oh, it, it's, 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 it's very nice. I, I I won't say what area I took my attention to or touch, but um, but uh, yeah, that, that that's just where the mind goes, you know. That's okay. But, well, then integrate that, right? So right, really like integrating that into your whole into your whole being is sacred. Mm. 
Yeah. Good soul food. Well, again, uh, family, and, and much love to you, Psalm. Much love to you, family, out mm-hmm. there listening. And, um, again, this is uh, Full Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Shofar, from Full Show Energy Work. And keep shining, y'all. Peace.